This is Dan Fleisch, and this is the fourth podcast for Section 3.1 of A Student's Guide to Maxwell's Equations. This podcast is about the path integral of a vector field, and the relevant section of the text begins on page 65. If you were tracking the developments of the previous section, you understand what a line integral is, and it turns out that the line integral of a vector field around a closed path is called the circulation of that field. To understand the circulation of a field, it's probably a good idea to make sure you understand what a path integral is for a vector field, and that's what's explained in this section. We'll do that by thinking about the work done by a force that displaces an object along a path. If you've taken any physics at all, you probably remember that work is related to force and distance, and in fact, in the simplest case, work is simply the magnitude of the force times the magnitude of the particle's displacement, as written in equation 3.3 on page 65. That equation works just fine if the force and the displacement are in the same direction, as shown in figure 3.3a, where the force is to the right, the displacement dl is to the right, and the work is just the magnitude of the force f times the amount of the displacement dl. Of course, in many cases, the force doesn't point exactly in the direction of the displacement, Maybe the particle is constrained to move in some direction and the force is at an angle to that direction. In which case, we would have something like the B part of figure 3.3, where the force is at an angle theta with respect to the displacement. The way to handle that, of course, is to find the component of force in the direction of the displacement. That is, we want to know what is the component of F along dl, where dl is the vector displacement. If you understood the dot product development in chapter 1, you realize the dot product is perfect for this. The dot product allows us to find the component of one vector along another vector and multiply those together exactly as we want to do here. And the dot product is what we use in this case in equation 3.4. We take f dot dl, which is simply the magnitude of the force, times the magnitude of dl, times the cosine of theta, where theta is the angle between them. So the work in this case is not simply the magnitude of f times the magnitude of dl, it's f dot dl. Now this assumes that the angle between f and dl is constant for the entire displacement over which we want to know the work. If that's not the case, we have to consider the more general case shown on the top of page 66 in figure 3.4. There we see a force to the right and an object which is following a rather tortuous path from start to end, and we want to know what is the work done by that force in moving the particle along that path. To do that, we're going to follow a very similar approach to the approach we took in the previous section to finding the mass of a variable density wire. Remember, we divided that wire up into small segments. In this case, we're going to divide our path up into segments 1 to n. You can see that in the lower left part of figure 3.4. The first segment is called 1, the second segment is 2. I show you 8 there in the middle, and finally n is the final segment. And of course what we're going to do here is we're going to find the component of the force along the displacement for each segment. In other words, we're going to assume that the angle between f and dl, the little segment of the path, is constant over each of these little segments. It can be different between segment 1 and segment 2, or segment 2 and segment 3, but it should be constant over each of those segments. I've shown a close-up of this. If you look to the right side of the figure, there you see dl8, the eighth segment, and the force f is at an angle theta sub 8. I made an expanded view of that so you can see dl8, there's f, and there's theta sub 8. And what we're going to do is find the component of f along each of these segments, multiply it by the segment length, that will tell us the amount of work done by the force 
for that segment alone. That's what's written in equation 3.5 in the middle of page 66, where it says dW sub i, that is the increment of work done over this segment, is just the force F dotted into dL sub i, that is dotted into the displacement vector for this segment. I think you can see how we're going to find the total work. We're going to take F dot dL1 and add that to F dot dL2 and add that to F dot dL3. And that's what's going on in equation 3.6. We're adding up each of the increments of work from each segment to get the total work done. And of course, this treatment is general enough that we could have had F varying as well. In other words, I assumed a constant F across this entire path. But in fact, we could have had the strength of the force different at every segment. However, in this case, we've just taken a single F dot DL, and we sum all those up to get the total work. To make this more accurate, instead of assuming that the angle between F and a segment is the same over that entire segment, we can convert our summation into an integral. That's what happens in equation 3.7. There you see the work done along the entire path is the integral over the path P of F dot DL. So this has been very similar to the development we went through to find the mass of the variable density wire. Except in this case, what we're integrating over is the dot product between a vector function, in this case f, and a segment of the path, dl. So rather than integrating over the scalar function lambda, the density of the wire, we're integrating over the dot product between these two vectors. If we were to make this a closed path, that integral sign would have a circle around it. And you can see an example of that on the top of page 67 in equation 3.8. And that's exactly what we define as the circulation of a vector field. The circulation over any closed path C is simply the dot product of the vector field, A in this case, along each segment of that path, DL, integrated all the way around that closed path. It's the circulation of the electric field that appears in Faraday's Law, and you can hear about that in the next section.